Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and good morning. Here we are on a Tuesday. It is a beautiful day again here in uh, greater Cincinnati. Our Chatterbox Studios in downtown Hamilton, Ohio. This is Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. If you don't know, we're here every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern time. Please join us, as many of you are right now. We had record numbers yesterday, I understand. So go to YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We ask you to please subscribe and hit the notification switch to let you know when our clips come out each and every day. We have great guests, good conversation here. We hope you're enjoying the show. We thank you for watching the show. We're on social media. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Tom Brenneman TV. That's Tom Brenneman TV. And if you prefer the podcast form, anywhere you get podcasts, Google, Apple, Spotify, whatever it might be, just punch in Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Okay, here we go. The Bengals have the day off today and an extra day of healing up this week before Monday night's AFC North Clash in Cleveland. Now, Zach Taylor did say yesterday there's a chance, and it's only a chance, that linebacker Logan Wilson could be back from his shoulder injury for the game on Monday. DJ Reader, it appears, is not quite ready to return. And the big news, thankfully, was Trey Hendrickson. What a year he is having after a great year last year, went to his first Pro Bowl. His injury was a stinger. So nothing really, really serious. You get it down the neck, you get it down the shoulder. It can light up on you in a heartbeat, one hit in a game. But apparently he will be ready for Monday night's game. Lots of other news around the NFL. Uh, You thought it would be a clunker. Bears in New England last night. Chicago got an outstanding start from quarterback Justin Fields and manhandled New England in Foxborough, 33-14. Fields threw for 172 yards and a touchdown, also had a pick. He ran for 82 yards and a touchdown. The Bears ran for nearly 240 yards in that game. Bill Belichick benches Mac Jones. Now, remember, he had been out the last couple of games. Belichick goes back to Mac Jones last night. He throws an early pick. They're doing nothing. Crowds chanting for who else? The backup. Bailey Zappi. So Belichick runs him out there and bang, bang. Two quick touchdowns. Well, that would be it for Zappi and the Patriots for the night. Zappi struggled the rest of the way, threw a couple of picks in the second half, and Belichick non-committal on who will be the starter looking ahead to next week. The high-flying New York Jets, 5-2 and two on the year. Wasted no time replacing rookie running back Brees Hall. You may remember he had a season-ending knee injury on Sunday. So they swing a deal with Jacksonville to bring in James Robinson. He's rushed for nearly 350 yards this year. It looks like uh, the kid from Clemson. What's his name? ATN? What's his name? Travis ATN. He's back healthy and playing well again. So Robinson in the final year of his rookie contract. Uh, He now goes to the Jets. I don't know if this is shocking or not. I was really surprised by it. In Indianapolis, did you hear this story? The Colts have benched 
for the rest of the year. Veteran quarterback Matt Ryan. Longtime Falcon. They just acquired him in the offseason from Atlanta when they let Carson Wentz go out the door. He threw two interceptions in their loss at Tennessee on Sunday. He leads the NFL in interceptions. He suffered a shoulder injury in that game, but that's not why he's being benched. They're going with Sam Ellinger, the former Texas Longhorn. He will start beginning this week at home against Washington. Interesting that Wentz, who was a starting quarterback for Washington, is not going to come back and play against Indianapolis, where he played last year. And in TV news, I thought this was big news, Jim Nance will call his last Final Four this upcoming season. He will continue to call the NFL for CBS, but Nance is remarried, has young children at home, wants to spend more time at home, and he has called the Final Four, March Madness as we call it, for CBS going all the way back to 1991. You know, it's interesting, fellas, as we welcome in uh, Casey McAllister, Paul Fritchner. We have the dunce over in the corner. Brandon Seho. <laughs> is, is he over there? Can we get a sh shot, the shot of him? Yeah, yeah. The daily dunce shot. There he is, right? Which, by the way, before we go any further, um, I said this to you off the air, but I'm sitting with my son last night. And uh, we were watching a little bit of Monday Night Football. He had a lot of homework and college essays and that kind of stuff. So we had a few minutes, and he said, Dad, have you seen this video from Brandon Seho um, in preparation of his mental health show that is coming up starting on November the 1st? So we're less than a week away from that. Uh, but your video introducing your struggles uh, with mental health and depression, suicide thoughts, all those kinds of things. I say this from the very bottom of my heart, Brandon, that uh, we are very grateful that you are, uh, are doing so much better. It's obviously been a long road, but it's a very moving video. And uh, I know a lot of people probably would like to check it out. Where would they be able to find that? Well, thank you for saying that, Tom. It's called The Mental Game. Uh, they can find it on YouTube. That's where the, uh, you'll be able to see me and all of our guests uh, on the show. But then, um, any podcast form, just like they find your show. So it's The Mental Game by Brandon Seho. We're, uh, we're launching with Sam Hubbard a week from today on November 1st. We have some great guests um, going to L.A. next week. We'll have Ricky Williams on the show, which will, Ooh, be, yeah. which will be really fun. Comedian Dane Cook's also going to join us. Uh, plenty of big names. Uh, Joe Thomas, like we've talked about earlier uh, with this. So, yeah, get started next week. But thank you for saying that it means a lot. I just wanted to kind of tell my story, give people some background about why I wanted to start this podcast. Well, we're looking forward to it. And again, it starts next week, correct? Next week, November 1. Okay, what time? Are you going to be on a regular time every day? Do uh, you know yet? Every week. Well, I mean, every week? Yeah, every week, Tuesday at 8 o'clock. At 8 o'clock p.m., the episode will drop. So wow. you can listen to it at night. Wow, we're getting... moving into nighttime television yeah, here this, on Chatterbox. This is prime time. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're like the uh, the Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew I'd get a rise out of you there. <laughs> you're going head-to-head -head with Tucker over there. All right. Well, good luck with that. Seriously, that <laughs> was a, that was a very, very moving video, and uh, we enjoyed watching it together. Appreciate it. Thank Glad you so much. Glad you're doing well. And, uh, Paul, how did your show go yesterday? Uh, you know, 
Are you already tuning yeah. up for the games and picks and everything for this coming week? Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I'm not too picky yesterday. We uh, we had some fun with the Monday night football game. We didn't go overboard. We did have the Bears eight and a half. Uh, but other than that, we, we didn't go overboard with the Monday night football game. I think we're, we, we've gotten a little tired of these absolutely exhausting uh, primetime football games, Tom. We've... We've not been treated to great primetime football yet this year. Well, I mean, so. are you saying we haven't been treated to great primetime football game because the games have been bad, or your picks have been bad? Oh no, no, the games Which have been, the games have been bad. I'm saying, I'm saying, we we had some fun. We put together a little parlay, it didn't hit, partly because Mac Jones got pulled early. We had some fun with it. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, you know, Justin Fields looked good last night. I mean, uh, some guy uh, wrote on um, Twitter last night. And I rarely engage on that much, but last night I did. He wrote that, you know, uh, uh, you know, Joe Burrow never started because Urban Meyer's an idiot. He never started at Ohio State. And uh, Sean Spurlock from here at Chatterbox Sports chimes in and says, oh, you mean the year when Dwayne Haskins threw 50 touchdowns? Yeah, some revisionist history there. And, you know, I, look, I, I don't have a problem with, with, with somebody questioning, you know, Burrow not getting a chance to start at Ohio State. I understand that. There are a lot of people out there that probably question that. But to say that Urban Meyer is an idiot, I mean, 83 and 9, yeah. 54 and 4 in the Big Ten, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, one thing to go back to, I'm just curious your thoughts on it. And you mentioned it to, to finish your monologue the Jim Nance news retiring yes. from the yes. from Mars Madness. Did you have anything more on that? Do you know Jim very well? You know or? what? I don't know him. And, and, and uh, it's interesting because, and, and I'm not tooting my own horn here. Um, the guy who used to run CBS Sports is a guy named Ed Gorin. And when Fox started, in 1994, a bunch of guys were hired from CBS to come to Fox as a startup when they got the rights to the NFL. The big news, of course, is that you know Fox hired Pat Summerall and John Madden to be the number one team. They hired away Dick Stockton and Matt Millen to be the number two team. And then they hired a bunch of us young guys, Joe Buck and Kenny Albert and Kevin Harlan and me and just play-by-play guys. And, and, uh, but Ed Gorin was the executive producer of Fox Sports, and he had been around Jim Nance, actually was, was largely responsible for Nance uh, getting that chance when they let Brent Musburger go uh, on April Fool's Day that year of 1990, and Nance takes over. Um, but he always used to say to me all the time, he's like, you and Nance as guys really remind me a lot of each other. He always used to say that every time I was around him, and I never got a chance to meet Nance. And then... I was doing the baseball playoffs one year, and Howard Stern used to make a living out of just killing me on his show. For whatever reason, God didn't like me, that's fine. I mean, you know, everybody's entitled to you know, like who they want to like and not like who they don't want to like, whatever. But Nance called the show and came to my defense about the game the night before. I think it was the New York Mets playoff game, and, uh, and I've always appreciated it. So, no, I don't know him. But uh, we have some weird sort of connections through the years. And, God, what a career he has had. Yeah. For, for guys your age, that's the only guy you know that's ever called the Final Four. Yeah, every Final Four and national championship memory I have is the voice of Jim Nance. And, yeah, I, th I think it's interesting that you say that because I, I didn't read into the, any personal reasons. I know you mentioned his family and wanting to spend more time with his family. And the other thing, too, is that he does the Masters that same week. So I'm wondering if maybe – 
I don't know if there's anything how much he loves golf. You know, he he always talks about. He was a golfer in college, I think. Oh, was he at was, the University was, of okay. Houston? I believe that makes sense. Yeah, I believe. The, he he is a Cougar. I knew that. Um, but but yeah, Jim uh, Jim's big. Obviously, he loves golf, and his he always talk, I always love hearing his stories about that week that he does from the Final Four leading yep. into the Masters, how he handles the travel, everything like that, and uh, yeah. So now they're going to get Ian Eagle yep. as as the new voice. Of Excellent I, announcer. I, I was a little surprised they didn't go with Brian Anderson. Um, but I guess Ian Eagle's a, a CBS guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been there a long forth. time. It's, it, been it's there. nice they keep it in-house. And, and, yeah. and Ian Eagle does a ton of basketball. Brian Anderson him. is not. Yeah. He really only does a tournament. Uh, but Ian Eagle, I think, calls all of the New York Knicks. No, it, the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. For yeah, okay. Mike, Breen, you. Mike Breen does the Knicks. Thank you. Yep. Uh, AJ wants to know, uh, why isn't Urban Meyer coaching if he's such a great leader, Tom? I mean, come on. Now, come on, AJ. Come on. I mean, come on. Um, Casey, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, finishing up, closing up on the house. Get Keith Very Monday. exciting. You're going to be moving into your first home. Congratulations, yep. you and f your fiance. You get your keys, I understand. You were sharing with me a little while ago. You actually get the keys to your brand new home on Monday. Yes. Yes. Yep. Very it's exciting. exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. Did you leave a little room in there for some little ones? Oh, um, there is one extra room, but uh, that's probably a ways away before anything like that happens. Okay. All right. Well, um, <laughs> Reed. Okay. Oh, Trace Fowler reminds us that, that not only was uh, Jim Nance – a golfer at Houston, which I knew, and, and I had heard this before, but had forgotten it. So, Trace, thank you. He was roommates with Fred Couples. Yeah. All right, coming up on the show today, we have Zim Houday. His wife got a flat tire yesterday, so he had to race out and help her with that. We certainly understand it. So he's going to join us about 1040. Um, and then at 11, we have Paul Doherty from the morning line, and you can read that. He's brought that back to life, even after retiring as a longtime columnist with the Cincinnati Enquirer, themorningline.substack.com. And then, you know, we're going to have to get into you moving into this new home today. You've yeah. gotten some marital advice already. Yep. Right? You've gotten some advice on your bachelor party. But now it would be interesting to hear, in addition to all that, uh, moving into a new home from our good friend, Tracy yeah, Jones. The uh, slumlord, Tracy Jones. Well, he says that. <laughs> I, I think he's, um, um, I think that uh, he's still, I think he's in, the, in, 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 in nicer stuff, I think. I don't know that for sure. Maybe we ought to get on one of his uh, tenants. Yeah, see what they say about him. I'm sure it's all nice things. They don't want to make the slumlord mad. I mean. Well, see, you keep saying slumlord. <laughs> Fellas, I want to continue this conversation we had uh, a little bit yesterday. And I know a lot of you, uh, and you're the guy, Casey, who follows all the metrics on this stuff and the analytics on this stuff. Paul, you do too. About what it is you like. Because, look, we've been on the air for, um, you know, maybe a month and a half. Right, and our numbers are growing, and we thank everybody for joining us. Um, 
But we want to find out what you like the best. Do you like the longer interviews? Which, by the way, you know, this is just streaming thought here since we're streaming uh, on YouTube. Tomorrow, we're going to have our first big interview actually in the studio tomorrow. Marty Brenneman coming in tomorrow. I love that. That's going to be huge. I'm very excited for that. We've not had anyone come up here to Hamilton and grace us with their presence. He is coming tomorrow. He, He does a lot of work still for the Reds. And part of his work with the Reds in the Reds Community Fund is going to a number of uh, senior living homes in and around the tri-state. So he was already going to be up here anyway. So it was his idea. Why don't I just come into the studio? I said, that'd be great. So he's coming in tomorrow. But anyway, uh, back to what it is you like. And Casey, it appears, uh, in some cases, the shorter the better, right? Yeah, I mean, not to say that we would need to rapid fire topics, but it seems like we we get a, a bit more traction when we just shoot the shit and talk about whatever's relevant in uh, in sports. You know, like yesterday we just had a little discussion about Joe Burrow, and that did so well yesterday. Um, it was only like five minute discussion about him, but our audience seems to really enjoy that conversation, whether or not he should be an MVP candidate. Well, you know, that's what I wanted to follow up a little bit on. Because uh, Burrow, again, is getting a lot of national pub here over the last, um, you know, 48 hours. You gave the numbers, Casey, I think it was yesterday, since week two. He's accounted for 16 touchdowns, one interception. He's run the ball well when he's had to run it. Uh, And now all of a sudden, whether it's guys like Colin Cowherd or your good friend, Skip Bayless. Um, <laughs> your good friend, Skip Bayless? You know what? I like the guy. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people that don't. I told this story earlier when I was announcing baseball out in Arizona. I was doing a Fox Saturday game of the week. I was doing the Giants a lot. He was working uh, in the Bay Area as a columnist and a radio guy. And he used to call me all the time and, and ask about, you know, Diamondbacks are coming in. Tell me about Schilling. Tell me about Johnson, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. And, and we would, we would uh, have conversations just about baseball, nothing else, uh, on a pretty regular basis for about four or five years. And then he left uh, to become a big-time TV guy. Now he's a big-time TV guy. But anyway, uh, you know, he, he's starting to say, oh, wait a minute now. Everybody's talking about Allen. Everybody's talking about Mahomes. What about the guy in Cincinnati? Joe Burrow. I mean, right now, I think we both agree that um, seven games into the season, Joe Burrow would be, I'm going to say, a distant third. A distant right third. Right now. Hmm. Right now. Allen's the MVP right now. Yeah. Yeah, I can't argue with that being number one. Yeah. And I think Mahomes has a slight edge right now over Burrow. You agree? Mm, I haven't looked at his numbers. I'll look them up right now while we're talking about it. It shouldn't take me that long. But I don't think he's doing that much better than Burrow. Like maybe he's got literally 60 more yards, and I think he's got less touchdowns. He does have less touchdowns. So I don't know. What what do you – Well, here's here's the thing about Mahomes, okay? And, 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 And I've read a lot about this the last couple of days. Tyree Kill walks out the door and goes to Kansas City. 
They bring in some new guys, including Smith-Schuster, guys coming back from injury or young players, a couple of other veteran players. Um, You know, they kind of got a hodgepodge thing going on there in their running game. There were a lot of moving parts, I think, for Mahomes to try and get used to very early on. And their schedule has been tough early on. A lot tougher than the Bengals' schedule, for sure, this year. But right now, it just like looks like Mahomes, for the first time, is starting to get some wind in the sails of understanding these players he has around him now. And so, Burrow had everybody back. He's got a brand new offensive line. Uh, but he had all the weapons there. Now, Higgins has been in and out, nicked up. We, we know that. And Burrow is starting to play great these last couple of weeks in particular. But uh, I, I still think, Paul, I still think Burrow would be behind Allen and Mahomes. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts belongs in this conversation. His team's undefeated. He's I, a quarterback. I think if they keep up this pace, you, absolutely. In fact, I would say if, if Philadelphia keeps doing what they're doing, it might have to be Jalen Hurts. Well, let's flip the question back to you, Tom. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Those four names. You're starting a franchise tomorrow. It's the classic. Which one of those four guys are you taking? I'm taking Burrow. Why? I think he I think he has proven that he is a winner at every level. In a very short amount of time, he has taken a franchise on his back. He got hurt. He came back. His first full year, they go to a Super Bowl. Doesn't mean there aren't other guys out there that haven't taken their teams to Super Bowls. We know Mahomes has. Allen has not yet. Uh, He might this year. Um, And I just think he's a better all-around player than than Jalen Hurts. There are parts of Allen's game I like very, very much. He can run it. Uh, He's not proven he can throw it yet in the bad weather. And, and for me, that, that, that's a big thing, man, because you got to win games in January, and it doesn't mean you're playing at SoFi <laughs> Stadium in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and Mahomes, I, I mean, I really like Mahomes. Uh, but uh, if I had to have any of them, I, I must say, I, I would take Burrow, and I think a lot of people out there would say you're crazy. Who would you guys take? So I, I got to recorrect myself. Burrow has 18 touchdowns. Mahomes has 20. So. Okay. So he does have more touchdowns. But I would take Burrow mainly because I think he is better in structure. Mahomes does not seem like, to me, that he functions great in structure. When – let me back up for a second. When the play breaks down, Mahomes is amazing, right? runs outside the pocket, throws deep ball down to Travis Kelsey or makes the deep crosser to yeah, the sidearm stuff. The sidearm the, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can spin around in the red zone and just do a little dump off to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That, that was like two weeks ago, right? Burrow, though, is a machine when things are designed or, or the, when structure is there. Like he just will not fail you at all. Mahomes seems to have a little bit more of a inconsistency when it's in yeah, structure. I agree with that. So I, if I had it my way, which is 
consistency with the entire team, I think I'd w rather have Burrow in that situation than I would Mahomes. But I won't deny he's definitely got a better arm. He's definitely got the better physique, Mahomes. So, Well, uh, Andrew chimes in, it has to be Allen. He says, love Burrow, but Allen does things Burrow can't even dream of doing. If we're talking about winners, though, Pat Mahomes has won a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. and then Justin Fields, fresh off an outstanding game last night, True. jumps in and says, sounds like a bunch of homers to me. I would, I would probably pick between Josh Allen or Joe Burrow of that group. I think by the end of the year, Jalen Hurts will probably end up being third maybe in the MVP conversation. But okay. regardless of you know, what you think about him right now, his team's undefeated and he's the quarterback of an undefeated team. So – Man. He's got to be at least no in the conversation. Doubt. And I think he is among the league leaders in virtually all of those categories. The thing that, that, that will prevent uh, Jalen Hurts from, um, from having – and I used to talk about this all the time with Troy Aikman when I worked with him. When Troy Aikman played for the Dallas Cowboys, they get inside the 15-yard line, they ain't throwing it. They're turning around and they're handing it to a guy who has the all-time most rushing touchdowns in the history of the NFL in Emmett Smith, right? I think Philadelphia, when they get down in there, they like running the ball. Now, what are his numbers? Jalen Hurts? Yeah. I'll look it up right now. Just give me a second. He's right on it. This is elite-level producing right here There's from no Casey. Right on it. it. There's no question about it. We put a timer here. So we've got people asking for a timer. We've put a timer on Casey. You know what? We, if should, you can't we, should, get have it, a, we should have a pitch. Here we go. Well, here that's we what go. I was going to say. If you can't get it in 10 seconds or less, we just make it up. So Jalen Hurts, actually, his passing numbers are not that great. But he did have a bye week. He did have a bye week. He has 1,500 yards passing, six touchdowns throwing, and two interceptions. Yeah. But he, how many? Uh, uh, but you know. his rushing numbers, you want to hear the rushing numbers sure. here. Um, they're actually not all that great either. No, um, I don't think he runs it a ton. He can run it. Um, but you want to know what the team's numbers are. Well, and I'm looking those up too because I'd like to see how many rushing touchdowns the Philadelphia Eagles have so far this 13. year. 13. 13. Yeah, right. And they are running for 225 yards per game. Yeah. Oh. I mean, Jalen. That's insane. Jalen has 300 yards running. So I guess, like, he technically has 1,800 yards all purpose, roughly. And then he's got seven touchdowns. So he's not, like, blowing anyone away. Yeah. But he did just play Dallas, and that's tough. He had a bye week. So Dallas. Some of the numbers are skewed. Better than people give him credit for. Cowboys. They are? I think so. Yeah. I, I think the Cow... Am I... Is hang that on. a bad take? Hang on. You don't think the Cowboys I think the are Cowboys good? are much better than people give them credit for. Now, Dak Prescott can put up huge numbers in any game he steps on the field. But for me, again, there's another guy who has been surrounded by some pretty good players through the years. Um, and, and they just don't win 
when it matters. Now, is that all on him? Of course not. He's got a really good defense so far this year. I'm with you there. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's starting to come back and be the player he used to be. He's looked really good the last two or three weeks. And Pollard's a great complimentary back. Um, we'll see on Dallas. I mean, I'm not saying they're like Super Bowl contenders, but I think people uh, maybe two weeks ago were just completely writing them off. And you know, they're the, they're the Giants only lost. Beat the Bengals with a backup quarterback. Yep. Beat the Rams. Yep. Yep, they yeah. did. They did. And, then, you know, Cooper Rush steps in there, and he went, what, 4-1. and one. Um, And now Dak gets his first win uh, after starting the season opener, breaking his thumb, leaves. He's technically charged with that loss as a starter against Tampa Bay. Uh, he was just okay in his first game back, but it's his first game back in a month and a half. So we'll see about the Cowboys. That's a good race. That's by far the most intriguing race of three teams off to good starts cowboys have two losses giants have one eagles have none i will say this they average four sacks a game who the cowboys yeah. that's insane to me that michael defense parsons. yeah michael parsons is insane um when they get their offense figured out though like if they can score above well if they could score above 20 points, apparently they win because if they can hold opponents to 17, 10, 10, 16 points. The defense like is good. Their defense is good. Defense I mean, is good. It is good. All right. Uh, we've been asked a question. Who do, who are my top five teams in the NFL right now? Want to do it? I got them right here. I got a power of five. Paul. Let's do it. Now, look, you know, I, I preface this every week by saying these are the teams right now that I think are the top five. Do I think there are teams outside the top five that could beat teams inside the top five? Absolutely. And the Bengals are very much right in that mix, but they don't make the top five at four and three. No team four and three is gonna be in the top five. Okay, so we start with the Eagles, they're undefeated. Look look, look at the, the offense and defense where they rank. Bills right there, number one in both. I only go with the Eagles because they haven't lost. Kansas City, number three. Quietly, the Vikings have lost one game. Now, you could ask, who have they beaten? And do I believe in Kirk Cousins? The answer to that question is no. I don't. And then the Giants. Now, right after that, fellas, well, first, your impressions of that group. I... You don't like it. Well, I, there's no Bengals. No, no. <laughs> I, I think there's some other teams that I would put up there. Instead uh, of? Instead of. Okay, who? Um, Dallas? I'd probably put Dallas ahead of the Giants. Okay, fair enough. Um, just because they, one, they beat the Giants. Okay, fair um, enough. And they play with a backup quarterback, and they're still where they are. Yeah. I, I understand that. I get it. And another team that I think is kind of going under the radar for you on this one, um, Seattle. I really think. Chino. I, I really think there's something there. Um, do you? Yeah, I mean, they've got a... Well, did they lose Kenneth Walker? Or am I thinking uh, of something else? I no, I, I, if Seattle can continue to run the ball like they have, I think they should be considered in your top five. But I won't put Baltimore up there. I'm not going to be a homer and say the Bengals deserve to be up there. Um, but I, other than that, I, I think 
the Giants and the Vikings are the ones I have problems with. I understand. And believe I, me, I struggled with putting those together uh, because those two teams, I mean, they, they really haven't beaten anybody yet. I don't consider even the Vikings, uh, you know, win. Didn't they beat Green Bay? No, they lost to Green Bay. That's their only they, loss. I no, they lost to the Eagles 24-7. Uh, I'm sorry. They're, they did beat Green Bay, but Green Bay does not look uh, very good. Paul, you have issues with that top five? I don't have too many issues. You want Dallas in there. No, no, I actually don't mind the Giants being in there. Um, if you're going to talk about the Giants versus Dallas, I, I don't necessarily mind the Giants being there. It's funny the comment section talking about whether the Giants are for real, whether they're frauds, whatever. The the discussion there, you can go back and forth, whatever your opinion is on the Giants, whether they're real or not. It is kind of funny, though, looking at the Giants' schedule, and we talked about this a lot yesterday with the parity in the league and how the, the uh, NFC stacks up right now. And the yeah. NFC just plain and simply not that good. Yeah, the Giants, like Casey just said, kind of got a little bit of a test now coming on Sunday against the Seahawks. But then it's the Texans, they stink. The Lions, they stink. Yeah. Then you got the Cowboys again. But you go back to Washington, the Eagles, Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis. Who knows what's going on there toward the end of the year before the Eagles again. So you'll find out a lot about the Giants in the second half of this season because you got to play the Eagles twice. You got to play the Cowboys again. Yep. You know, the commanders with Taylor Heineke aren't a pushover. Um, they, they've hung around. I don't think they're anything to, to, to put in the, in the upper echelon of the NFL. But they're certainly not a, a pushover that a lot of people seem to think that they are. Um, but I, I think that you'll find more out. And even the Seahawks, like you said, Casey, I, I think you'll find more out about the Giants here in the next few weeks. I'm not sure that they'll be in the top five by, uh, by week 17. Well, but. you're a good friend in mine, Leif Erickson. Yeah. Great friend. He has the Bills number one. I understand that. Has the Chiefs two. I understand that too. Eagles three. He says, my Vikings. Of course, Leif Erickson, my Vikings <laughs> at four. And has the Bengals number five. Okay. So he I, has the Bengals ahead of the Cowboys. The Bengals ahead of the Giants. Okay. Look, listen, I, I would 100% put the Bengals in the top five, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that until they actually get above having. I mean, they got to get more than one game over five. Yeah. Yes. I mean, look, yeah. you know, I, are they playing well? I mean, they played the, the really Saints good against game, two injured I, teams. I'm not going to say they played a great game against the Saints. I'm not. I'm just not. It, they, had, they had spurts. There was much more consistency this past weekend um, against Atlanta. But, but, but it's against Atlanta. I, I'm not – believe me. I hope that we're talking about the Bengals being in the top two or three in about three weeks from now. And they've got a chance to get on a nice run here. If they beat the Browns on Monday night, then you've got the Panthers. I think after that you've got the Steelers, right, on the road. I think those are the next two games after, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's conceivable. You go to five and three with the Browns, six and three with the Panthers, seven and three with the Steelers. Now you're talking. But until then, four and three is four and three. And you're not going to put the Ravens ahead of the Bengals right now because the Ravens beat them. Both teams at full speed. Ravens beat them. All right. Zim Hooday will have more to say about this. And that's around the corner on Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers. 
At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, ask about Bartels 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at BartelsHeatingAndCooling.com. Bartels Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. versus Lakota West. EJ Train here with Chatterbox. It's about to go down. It's our kickoff of our official tour. Every Friday night, you'll see us. Let's go. one I mean I couldn't have asked for a better first one because Dakota West struggling a lot throughout the first uh, first half and beginning of second half and then 
Big time. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. I know one thing, ain't nobody does this better than us. Facts. Yeah, this uh, atmosphere was insane. Show was on point. Everybody had a great time for the first one too, bringing people together. Big shout out to everybody tonight that worked hard from Chatterbox and everywhere else to put on a great show. This dude's legit. And he's sweating, so you know he's legit. <laughs>All right, welcome back to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Uh, understand we're having some technical difficulties with our buddy Zim Huday, but uh, Casey hard at work uh, to get him dialed in. The Bengals Report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models. To improve efficiency and productivity, visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Still no luck. Still nothing. Still nothing. I wonder what's right going now. on with Zim. Let me see if he's tried to shoot me a message here. Nope. No. I think it's just an issue with his mic. I think he's going to unplug it and use just his laptop okay. sound, but we'll All see. Right. We have a massive Gold Star and Skyline argument happening in the comments section Well, right look, now. I saw those, and all I can tell you is we approached one of those two companies about being a sponsor for our show, uh, but we caught them at the end of a fiscal year, so they were unable to do it. I uh, don't know about the other one yet. So, look, we say it all the time, okay? We want to do a lot more things, start taking a show on the road from time to time. Uh, we'll see where it all ends up. We're just getting this thing warmed up. If you would like to be a part of it as a sponsor, we'd love to talk to you. We thank, um, you know, Encore Technologies. Of course, we thank United Dairy Farmers um, and so many others who have jumped on board here. Penn Station, uh, JakeSweeney.com, um, all kinds of different uh, sponsors. And we'd love to have you if you'd like to be a part of the show. Yeah, and going back to what you were saying earlier, Tom, while we have a second here before Zim jumps in, uh, just looking at the comment section, we've had a ton of comments today and something that you asked for and we talked about yesterday on the show, what people like, what people enjoy. Casey and I over here working on, on producing some of these segments, some of these things, some of these topics that yep. we talk about, the graphics that we put up, all those things. We've gotten a lot of comments. We like being interactive with everybody. I keep the YouTube chat right here in front of me. I'm seeing everything that everybody's talking about the, uh, throughout the whole show. Casey has it over here. Tom, I know you have it up there. So we try to be as interactive as we can. If there's anything you guys want to hear more of or, or you want us to talk about, like yesterday we... We, we were a little less on the interviews. We, we spent more time talking inside the studio more. Uh, we, we just like to know now that, like you said, Tom, right. that, that we're in a month and a half into this. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And so we want to know what you guys are thinking. Is Zim ready? No. Uh -oh. We're still figuring it out. Well, what do you want to talk about, Tom? As much stuff as Zim <laughs> does, as much stuff as he I, does. I don't know um, if it's. I mean, like he, I think he knows what he's doing. I think it's just our software doesn't recognize his microphone or something like that. I don't, huh. I don't know. I sent on him, his phone. No, this is on his laptop. Okay. Well, so. you know, he is a woodsy man <laughs> as we have talked about, you know, he's out there. He, maybe his phone, maybe he dropped it in the koi pond. In the burrow baby pond. 
just outside of Washington, D.C. Um, have you guys ever watched his stream during a game? I have not, no. I've seen clips of it before, and I find it absolutely hilarious. Well, my son tells me that um, it's, it's, it's off the charts. Um, uh, Andrew asking for a fan call-in segment. That is actually something that we had talked about and that we were working on the software and the technology for. Casey, I don't know if you had any update on that, but that is something that we have talked about and thought about. Yeah, we, we're working on it. We're working very hard to get phone calls into the, into the show. Casey okay. won't sleep until he figures this out. We'll put a live stream camera on Casey in the studio. He will not go to bed in his new house until he figures out how to take calls. Somebody uh, made the comment we should have Joey Votto come on uh, as part of the big interview. And uh, we've extended that invitation to Joey Votto, and he has politely declined. Now, maybe uh, Brandon can convince him to be on his show, which starts next week. Uh, but uh, no luck there with Joey Votto. Maybe there will be down the road. We're open to, uh, to, to you know, all parties across the board of coming in as a guest on this show. We know we'll have Paul Doherty coming up at 11 o'clock. Zim may not make the cut. Uh, yeah. We can't get this straightened out. And then Tracy Jones comes up later on. Um, and we've been able to get him on. It doesn't matter whether we are uh, uh, having him join us from Bellevue, Kentucky, or Cancun, Mexico. Are you guys, and, and while Casey's working on this, Paul, you're a big basketball guy. Yeah. I saw where you sent out on a um, tweet last night that we are less than two weeks away now from the start of college basketball season and your Xavier Musketeers. Yeah. High hopes around there with Sean Miller back? Basketball. I think for now we're going to kick it over to Zim Hude if he can hear us. All right. Is he there? Our buddy Zim. He's here. Zim, what's happening? There, there he is. is. What is happening? Look at that. Look at that big league sweatshirt there. Is that borderline sacrilegious, Zim? You're a spiritual man. Is that borderline sacrilegious there? 316 Burrow there. My mom asked me the same thing, but I just said, Mom, I've just been going across the country preaching the gospel that, that is Joseph Lee Burrow. I can't, I can't stop it. You know, once you start talking Burrow, you know, it becomes a part of your life. It's a religion. Tom, you got to join. We need more people. I don't know, Zim. If your, mom's, <clears throat> if your mom is asking about it, does she live near you? Is she there in greater D.C.? No, no, she actually lives in North Carolina. I need to go visit her, though. She's been wondering, what have you been up to, Zim? Well, she knows what you've been Tom. up to. You've been going to New Orleans and <laughs> dancing, and you've been in Cincinnati and hanging out in skyboxes and all that. I mean, you're not hard to find, Zim. You, you, you know what I mean? Well, you know, I, you know, I guess as a parent, you know, like sometimes she calls and then, you know, I get, you know, not, I'm never too busy for my mom, but, you know, she'll message me sometimes and I don't get right back to her. So I think she wonders about me. She knows I'm a little cuckoo, so. Well, probably she's probably just wondering, like, is he okay? 
she's got to be borderline wondering if you're too busy for her, Zim, if you haven't gone to see her in a while. But I, that, we'll leave that for, uh, for another time. You predicted on this show last week that you were not worried in the least bit about the Atlanta Falcons. And Zim, I want to hear your thoughts about the Bengalis route of Atlanta on Sunday. The stage is yours, my man. How do you break it down? It's, it's, it's the best wide receivers in the nation. It's, it's, it's Tyler Boyd, it's, it's T. Higgins, and it's Jamar Chase. It's three guys that could have went for 100 yards. It's exactly what it should look like. I think so many times Bengals fans get out here and they're like, oh, man, well, I just want to see it for a couple of – do you think that these other teams aren't fearful of you? These teams are way more fearful of the Bengals than we are of them. And I, 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 I don't get how people don't understand that. All, all of these teams, especially like a team like the Falcons, you're looking at a, a pedestrian quarterback. You're looking at a team that primarily uh, – what it came into is the number one rushing attack, like DVOA standards coming into that football game. We left that, that field – they only ran for 106 yards when they've been running for like 160 on everybody. The second half of that football game was a clinic on run defense. The first half of the football game has some really good moments too, but it's the Bengals are the scariest team in the National Football League with the lead. Like, I, I'm talking Pat Mahomes. I'm talking Bills. I done seen the Bills not do what they were supposed to do against the Dolphins. You know how Joe Burrow comes back in all of these games when you're down 14 points um, mm -hmm. or 17 points or whatever the hell you were in the Steelers? He comes right back, and he ties it up with a go-ahead uh, field goal. Cowboys game, down 10 points. He comes right back. There's never not a situation that Joe Burrow doesn't come back. And I need everybody to get on board with the fact that when you have number nine, you're not, you're not out of it, right? But step two is this. Bengals with the lead. Show me a hole, because I can show you a million holes on the Chiefs, the Bills, or whoever you think that you like. The Bill, the Bengals are the scariest team in the National Football League with a lead, because when they get a lead, it's not a team that says that I have to throw the football just to stay in front. It's a team that says that I'm going to exploit you in every single way if you open it up for me. You think the Bills are running the football with a lead? Nope. They have to keep on throwing to stay afloat. You think the Chiefs are running the football with a lead? Nope. That's why the Bengals are so scary. The second half of that football game, Joe Mixon closes it out like closers should. And let me show you how gracious I am. I could have blew the doors off of him. I could have gave you a college football score. I know you guys like college football. I could have forwarded you up. I could have 50 you up. I could have broke Norm Brockwell or whoever the heck that dude's name is. I could have <laughs> broke every record. I could have broke every record. But I'm so gracious, I said the last nine minutes of this game, I'm just going to run the football, go 97 yards down the field, and when I get to the four-yard line, I'm going to nail it out. I could have forwarded you up. I could have forwarded up the Dolphins. Y'all not paying attention. The Bengals are the scariest team in the NFL. When the, who with the, are, with the, who are you saying y'all aren't paying attention? Who are you I heard you before to? I came on. Tom, before I came on here, you said you weren't impressed with the Saints. You know the only thing that the Saints did to stop the Bengals in that game is limit the possessions of Joe Burrow in the first half of that football game. Anytime that he had the football game, he was cooking. He was I, 31 for 36. He was I, No, I, look, 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 Zim, Zim, you know me well enough now, even though you and I are just starting to get really tight, and this is going to be a relationship <laughs> that's going long and flourishing and flowering and all those kind of things, kind of like a – uh, having, uh, uh, you know, a, a best buddy through um, the internet. But 
look, I know all the numbers were great against the Saints, okay, for Burrow. Passing yards, all, I, I get it. But at the end of the day, they still had a lot of points of lull. They couldn't have run it up on the Saints like you accurately point out against both the Dolphins and last Sunday against Atlanta. But I did say, last week now, Higgins is healthier. Offensive line's playing better. They're mixing in. Mixon is a receiver and is a runner. Um, last week, that, that, without a doubt, is the team we expected to see on offense from the start of this yeah. season and have not seen it consistently. Now, Monday night, first of all, are you going to Cleveland, Ohio for the game, yay or nay? I am not going to the game. I did, I, I'm now starting to get more energy, and I'm like, dang, I should go to the game, but I can't. I got some trick-or-treat obligations. That oh, I go man, that's right. Are you dressing <laughs> up with your little man? Are you dressing up? Yeah, halfway. Not not full costume. I'm going to give him a little bit, though. He's got his costume. He he wore the bed the other night. He's excited about it. So, What's his costume? Uh, yeah, we're... Are you familiar with anime? It's a it's an anime cartoon called Naruto, and he's got, like, a Naruto costume. Okay. It's kind of like it's like Dragon Ball Z or something. Okay, well, my I, kids I are a little older it. now, so we're kind of out of that stage. But I mean, that's always great. You well, know, like I like you, Zim. This. You I'm know, you you don't strike me, Zim. And I know a lot of people in this world, and most of them bore me to death. The people who say I'm only halfway in. You don't strike me as a halfway in guy, and I'm disappointed to hear that you are halfway in, whatever the hell that means. Of dressing <laughs> up on Halloween. What does that mean? I, I just can't. I didn't. I didn't have. A, you gotta fill your costume. You gotta be able to come into it and say, "This is what I want to be for this year." And I just did it like as a, a kind of like a solidarity thing. I'm like, "Yeah, I got, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna wear a mask or I'm gonna do something." I just couldn't really find the character I was looking for. Now for Monday night, you know, I have instructed the guys on the team, and I, I'm gonna give you a hint. I think they. I think they might do it. I told I told Joe and them that they should come out all in masks. They should they should go halfway with their normal you know normal everyday drip wearing their clothes what they wear. But I think that the Migos that's what that's what we call the trio. I think they should come out in Leatherface, Jason, Freddie, and then Joe Burrow or whatever. And I got I got the return message. They told me Squid Games. I don't know if you're familiar no. with Squid Games on Netflix. No. So Netflix is it's it's got a it's a really good show. You should check it out. Okay. It's Squid Games, but that was the return message that was sent to me. So be looking for that Monday night. I think that right now we're the scariest team in the National Football League, Tom. I need you to tell everybody how scary we are. Jim, I'm with you, and it'll be really scary if they show up in those masks. But this is a desperate Cleveland Browns team. They have four of their losses by a combined 11 points. We had Brian Billick on with us yesterday. He filled in for somebody who was gone uh, over the weekend on the Ravens radio network, and he broadcasts that game uh, between the Ravens and the Browns, and, and he thinks the Browns have a good team. Um, are you – I'll ask you the same question as last week. Joe Burrow's never beaten the Cleveland Browns. Are you worried about the Cleveland Browns Monday night? Nope. I'm not. I, I don't think that it's a blowout in the fashion of the Falcons game. You remember early in the season, I wasn't proclaiming blowout. So 
anybody that's new to watching this, I'm looking at matchup. That look at the, the the starting guard Teller is now out, who is a big part of the, what they do. They're yep. starting tie in, who I have on my fantasy football team, Najoku, who they'll heavily rely on, is out. They'll also have Denzel War, who is in concussion protocol, who is having the worst season of his career. He may be in. He may be out. We don't care. Their linebacking core was never good, and they probably had the worst interior defensive line in football. So you want to put that against the hottest team in football? I'm going to beat them by at least 10 points. Okay. All right. Um, you're, 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 okay. I, I'm really surprised you're not a little worried about Cleveland. I, I think they're desperate. I'm, I, I think they've got a decent team. We know they can run the ball. I'm with you on the injuries. They, they, they have sure. some serious injuries going on on that team from the game the other day. But, but, but I, you know, I look at, Zim, teams that have given the Bengals problems last year, and I'm the first to jump on board to say this offensive line is really starting to play well. And I think Collins yeah. uh, is really playing much, much better. And I think people need to get off his case a little bit. I think he's played pretty doggone well. Um, but look, they got Clowney and they got Garrett. And both of them are playing. These guys get after the quarterback. And as we've seen this year, teams that get after right. the quarterback have given the Bengals problems. I understand that. I just think that this new resurgence of the Bengals offense early in the game, they're going to get the ball out so quick that they're going to be them dudes by the second quarter going to be putting their hands up trying to bat passes. I don't think that they're going to come full steam um, at the Bengals like in the manner that they want to. The, the whole game is predicated against what they want to. They want to run the football, but they need a lead to run the football. I'm going to make Jacoby brisket. We call him brisket online because we got a pot of stew that we're ready to cook up. <laughs> so so brisket, we can cook him, but the way is to get a lead on him. Give him a 10-point – get, get up 10 points on him at any point in this game. It's a wrap. I, you know, one guy you didn't name, I think Nick Chubb arguably is probably the best running back in the National Football League. Well, I think he's problem. second. I think he's second. I think the guy with the Giants he, is the best. I love Saquon. I do. Yeah, uh, yeah but I'm with you on Chubb. Never forget about. And never forget about Derrick Henry. So what I'm saying is this: in those circumstances, I just outlined in this brief 10, 15 minutes. In any circumstances, you could tell me, oh, what's the Browns' Achilles heel this whole entire season? They haven't been able to hold a lead. What's yeah. the one constant that I do know is that if I do get behind, I always come back. What's the thing that I do know that the the Browns have been doing recently, giving up a lot of passing yards? So Nick Chubb can have a day, but I think if the odds go in my favor, they won't allow him to have a, a day just like the Falcons weren't allowed to have a day because all these, these teams that are one-dimensional, they have to play with a lead in order to enforce their will. If they're not playing with a lead, they won't have the opportunity to display Nick Chubb's uh, talents and everything like that. And then at that point, now I'm really where I got you. I have one of the best corners in the in the National Football League who's only giving up a completion rate of 33% in passing attempts in the National Football League. You think that I'm scared of Amari Cooper when I got Chido Bay Awuzie who only allowed one catch for eight yards this past week, one catch for eight, I mean, uh, nine yards the previous week, and one catch before that for uh, eight yards against Mark Andrews? This guy is on fire just like anybody else. I'm telling you, these teams do not want to play the Bengals. Like, we're talking about what these teams could do. They don't want to play us. We're the scariest team in the NFL because we are not a one-dimensional team. 
all these teams that we played recently, they're all one-dimensional. And the difference is the Bengals, even if we get a lead, we could still run the football if you give me a six-man box. And if you if you go into cup, I mean, if you do allocate more resources to the running back uh, in the runs or whatever, I'm just going to kill you with the best three wide receivers in football. They're the only three wide receivers that have 400 yards or more. Did you know that, Tom? I did know that. I did know that. And look, I'm with you. I'm with you on the Bengals being the scariest team to try and face in the NFL. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Was that a doorbell? Did I just hear a doorbell? That's when my door my... opened. What? <laughs> my, my wife opened the door. She like left out. So you wife. have one of these fancy me. houses out there in the woodsy part of D.C. where when a door opens, and I'm assuming a window opens, that all of a sudden a little chime goes off? It's called I mean, look, alarm. I know, I know that crime yeah. is rampant across America these days. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, we know that, and especially where you are. Uh, not necessarily your neighborhood, but where you are in D.C. I mean, it's off the charts. But but you have one of those fancy sort of things going on where a door opens and there's a chime. That's big league operation you got going there, Zim. Man, that's that's ADT giving me some stupid chime. I wish that thing wasn't on because at nighttime when people <laughs> open the door, I wake up. I'm surprised that you didn't tell the people how elite I was. I changed the tire yesterday. Who's changing tires in 2022? You told me, me she had a flat. True. You didn't tell me you changed the tire. That is big league, and I give it up to you. I give it up to you. But you're a woodsy man. I mean, you know, you're you're a hands-on kind of guy. So, I mean, you're raising healthy koi. You've got lots happening around out there in the woods. You got the ATV stuff happening. So, you know, I'm not surprised. I am disappointed, though, that you're half in for Halloween. All right. Uh, Zim, let me know when I, I'm coming on your show, okay? You let me know when we can do this. I can't do it tonight. I sent you a text. Um, I got a soccer game I have to go to tonight. Um, bummer for me. But um, we got to do this soon because I want to be on your show. All right? You got to, man. If you don't know, everybody's listening. I do a show with my partner, Ace. It's called the Wincinnati Pod. Please make sure you guys follow it. It's called the Wincinnati Pod. If you do like Burrow 316, go to zimhude.com. Um, there's other cool stuff on there as well. Including Migo stuff. Migos. <laughs> <laughs> right, See, we're Jim. having fun now, Tom. Hey, you man, put points on the board. I'm baby. all about having fun. That's why we have you on this show regularly to lighten up from, from, from everybody else around here. Life and death stuff. We got to have our man, Zim. You are the man. Thank you for your time today so serious when you could just watch the Bengals score a, hella, a, a, a boatload of points. Why so serious, everybody? Okay. Here we go. Monday night. You ready for this, guys? Here we I'm go. ready. I'm Let's ready. Go. I'm ready. That's it for Zim. He's the man. Look at him. He's back there fired up. Looks like uh, Floyd Mayweather back there. Actually, he looks a little bit more like uh, he, he looked a little bit more like Sugar Ray, Robert, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard there. Sugar Ray. Um, okay. Uh, is Doc here with the shed, or we got a minute or two with him? He's here. He's, He's here. here. He's here. All right. We go right from Zim Hude. Doc, do you know who Zim Hude is? Did you know about him before this show? Freaking idea, dude. I'm telling you, you, you're a guy that likes to laugh. You're also a guy that likes to learn a little bit. I have to say, my son 
was watching this guy streaming while watching Bengals games. And he became this, I guess they call him in this day and age, I, I'm not familiar with it, but I think the term is a uh, social media influencer. And, and this guy knows more about the Bengals, I think, than uh, anybody who's covering this team and maybe anybody who coaches this team. I mean, he knows about the defenses of the opponents, so on and so forth, but he brings a little fire, a little passion. You might like this guy. I should listen to him. I, I, I need some passion and fire in my life. I'm retired. <laughs> so themorningline.substack.com, themorningline.substack.com. Uh, you were up in uh, visiting your son over the weekend. There we go. You got the lid going, TML, morning line. Uh, you were visiting your son over the weekend. So before we get to the serious stuff, I assume you guys had a great time together. Fabulous. And where were you? That's in New York, right? Brooklyn, Bushwick. Yeah, yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah, How do you like Brooklyn? Brooklyn? That's a changing town there. Yeah, it's great. You know, it, it's it's small dose great. You know, it's a great ex example of, of moderation. You you can you can go off the edge in, in Brooklyn very easily from an entertainment standpoint, uh, a, a wallet losing standpoint, money drifting out and, and disappearing, never to be seen again. Uh, but if you if you do it in moderation great it's great i could i could probably do it you know four days instead of three before i had to get the hell out of there i got you i got you all right uh did you have a chance to to, to go back and watch much of the bengals game against atlanta on sunday or, or maybe you watched it while it was going on no no i didn't i didn't watch any of it i the way i followed it tom we were we were at an, an edward hopper exhibit at the whitney museum and i happen to be a big edward hopper guy um and I, I, I watched the, the, the game cast, you know, the play-by-play -play right. on my phone. I, you know, I, and I saw, I did see the highlights. Sometimes, I mean, it, obviously it helps to be there uh, reporting and talking to people. But some things are just very predictable. And if you've been around the, this team and, and, and sports around here as long as I have, which is really a long time, uh, some things are pretty self-explanatory. I, I didn't. I didn't need really to watch that game again. There was nothing, there was no close, nothing close about it. Um, and the outcome, because they played and more importantly thought the way they did, the outcome was kind of preordained and, and easy to explain. Their offense, Doc, uh, and, you, and you said you didn't watch it. You know, their, their offense for the first time all year long, uh, it, it looked like the offense uh, everybody envisioned. When the year began, you, you know, you get Chase, two touchdowns over 100 yards. Boyd, his best day in the NFL, had a touchdown over 100 yards. Higgins was was ribbed by his teammates for running out of bounds. Uh, he had 93 yards, would have had a, over 100 and not run out of bounds. Mixon, almost a total of 100 yards through the air and on the ground. Do you think this is, you know, based on what we talked about with New Orleans, and as you point out, Chase broke a tackle or two, goes 60 yards for a touchdown, makes the numbers look good. Uh, they won the game in New Orleans, although very inconsistent. Do you think that, that this could be the start, finally, of what we all thought we would see at the beginning? I'd like to say, yeah, for sure, but it's the NFL. Uh, the, the, the Monday night game in Cleveland's a perfect setup. It's, it, you know, they could lose that game and nobody in the NFL would bat an eye. That, that said, though, 
the, the larger point here, I think, Tom, is one we've been making on this show for a couple of weeks. They should do the dictating. They should be the one saying, this is how it's going to go. You know, I, I, and I said this and said this. Uh, it's about attitude as much as execution with these guys. They have so many playmakers. That is such a good offense. I, I never want to hear again that, oh, well, they had to cover two and they played that deep shell, and we just couldn't throw over knee, uh, over top, and we got to take what they give us. No, you don't. No. The talent on this team, with, with Joe Burrow grooving the way he did on Sunday, they dictate. Not not just occasionally when, when, when the defense they're playing isn't that great, all the time. I, I don't hear, and I think we said this last week, I, I never hear Patrick Mahomes saying, well, they, 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 they took Travis Kelsey away. No, no, they didn't. You know, you throw the ball to Travis Kelsey. You throw the ball to Jamar Chase, who is unguardable. Uh, you don't wait for them to, to, to change defenses to, to decide that you're going to be aggressive. I, I thought the key to the game and the key to the rest of the season is Zach Taylor saying, we're going to take what we want. And I, I don't think that's necessarily unrealistic. I, I think they are good enough if they stay healthy and this line keeps improving, which it, which it has, they can do that. And as long as they do that, they're going to be in every game they play. Um, I want to shift gears for a second um, to, did you have a chance or did you even care? If you didn't care, I totally understand. Did, did you watch mo any of the New England game last night? I, I watched a little of it. Okay. All right. I, well, I like to watch New England when they're losing because I love watching Belichick's face <laughs> and, and him dropping F-bombs that you can lip read from, you know, Cincinnati. I, I love it when Bill has has a little pain. So I watched it for that reason, but I watched some of it. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, for those that that, that, that don't know, you know, Mac Jones was a starter uh, at the beginning of the year. He gets hurt. This Bailey Zappi, who was at this tiny little school down in Texas, and then he plays one year at Western Kentucky where he breaks all these records. Uh, they bring him in. He takes over. They go 2-0. and uh, so everybody's thinking, here's an ex-Tom Brady. Belichick goes back to Jones last night. Jones starts a game, and from the very first series where they're forced to punt, you can hear the crowd chanting for Zappi. So after Jones throws an interception, here comes Zappi. Throws two quick mm -hmm. touchdown passes and then didn't do anything the rest of the game. Belichick hasn't decided who's going to start next week. What I'm ultimately getting at in a very long-winded way is, has your opinion – of the whole marriage, which there'll never be another one again in, in the history of football, when you just look at pure numbers, wins, total wins, Super Bowls, playoff wins, of head coach and quarterback together, Belichick, Brady. As time has gone on, has one of those guys, uh, or neither of those guys, gained more respect for you since they've been apart or has your opinion of both dropped since they've been apart? No, I, I, I the, 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 the endless debate, I'll answer it this way. The, the endless debate is, you know, will one without the other, who will, who will do, who will do better? I, I, I never liked that debate because I've never thought a manager or a coach, what was more important to a team than, than a great player. Whether it's baseball, football, basketball, I don't care. Uh, I think that's been proven over time. Joe Torre became a great manager when he got Mariano Rivera, not vice versa. Um, 
in that respect, I think that, well, that Brady has outshone Belichick, but I thought that going in. I mean, think about it. If you're a fan of a football team, would you rather have a great coach or, or Tom Brady? I'm, I'm taking Tom Brady every time. He's the guy on the field. He's the guy doing the playing. And you can use the, the reverse. You talk about David Bell. He's a terrible manager. I don't know that he's a terrible manager. He's had terrible teams. A terrible bullpen this year. You need players. Uh, Brady has always been my pick. If I had to choose one or the other to start a team, it would be Tom Brady all day long. Has your opinion of Belichick diminished without Brady nah. around? No, he's, he's a great coach. I, I think he's doing things pretty much the same way. He just doesn't have Tom Brady. And Brady helped him not only on the field, obviously, but off. Tom Brady was the hardest working guy in, in, the, in that locker room. And when, and when your superstar is your hardest working guy and the first guy in every day, as they said, to watch the film, and you know, your job's a hell of a lot easier. Um, I, I think Belichick made Brady better. Uh, I think Brady made Belichick great. When you look at the Tom Brady situation now, and, and, I, and I have maintained all along that since all of these you know, stories started about what's going on in his marriage, and I come from a home where the mom and dad were divorced, and it was an ugly divorce, and, and I have a very deep-rooted feelings about families that have to go through a divorce, especially with young kids. Um, and, and clearly, there, there's something going on there with Brady. He doesn't appear to be the same guy. I, I don't think we should expect him to be the same guy when you've got these kinds of things going. But it got me thinking driving in today to ask you about this. And, and look, you're, you know, you're not Tom Brady. I'm not Tom Brady. Um, you, you wonder if, you know, him coming back this year, and this I'm not going to get into this and how it affects his marriage because nobody knows the answer to this. But you almost wonder if him coming back this year and now everything that's going on around him, if there's a part of him that wishes that he didn't do it, because you know what? You know there's no way he's going to walk away from it in the middle of it. That's not going to happen. No, I, I, and there may be a, a, some, some buyer's remorse. I, you know, like you said, we have no way of knowing. The only things we know we can see, and, and that is his, his line's not very good. Uh, he, he's more skittish than ever. Uh, he's throwing balls quicker than ever because he's never liked to get hit. I mean, not that any quarterback goes out there and says, hey, I want to get hit today. Um, but, but Tom Brady was particularly averse to getting hit. And you could beat the Patriots if you were able to get to Brady enough and make him a little, uh, not gun shy, but th throw the ball too quickly, which is what he's doing a lot of now. Um, but I, I think, sure, I mean, you're not human if you don't let something like that affect you on the field, I don't think. Although some would say, well, I go to the field to get away from that. And that's the only piece I have is when I'm actually in the arena. Uh, I understand that too. But I think with him, I, I, don't, I don't think it's pure coincidence. And I'm not, you know, I'm not like Dr. Ruth or anything sitting yeah. here telling everybody yeah. to live their lives. But uh, I, I think it's more, Tom, a, a function of, of the team not being very good or as good as it's been, his receivers being hurt, and Brady at age 45 just not wanting to get hit at all. And that's caused him to make some decisions that he might not have made in the past. 
Has there ever been an athlete when you got started as a very young writer uh, and then later a columnist shortly thereafter? And I don't know if you ever went into this business when you first started out kind of looking at players as robots because uh, I think a lot of us are guilty of that. I've been guilty of it a thousand times. Was there one guy that all of a sudden opened your eyes and your mind to understanding these guys are not robots? I could say one guy that, that did make me think they were robotic, and that was Pete. You know, Pete Rose. I mean, he, he could joke about, I, I got such and such hits, so many hits when I was going through the divorce, right? Um, no, I... I no, and I think part of the reason I, I never thought of that is because I, I don't, I, I don't god these guys up. At least I try not to. Uh, I, I understand that they have a unique skill, a unique talent. Uh, some of them, like Brady, it, it's a it's a talent all alone. Uh, they're still people, you know. They're still they're they're still subject to the same sorts of emotions and slights and joys and sadnesses that the rest of us are. And like I just said, I, I think if you don't let or you, if you don't let that stuff creep into your work, um, you're Pete Rose. You know, I, I don't know that it ever cre ever crept into Pete's work, at least as a player. Um, the, the whole Giamatti stuff and obviously um, that summer of, of 89, I'm sure it might have crept into his work as a manager, but never as a player. So long-winded a long-winded answer. I never considered them robotic because I, I never, I never held them to a different standard as human beings than, than the rest of us. Just because they could hit a baseball or throw touchdown passes didn't mean they were any better than the rest of us um, morally, right? Right, right, right. All right, Doc. Uh, enjoyed it very, very much. Uh, it's the morningline.substack.com. When's the next one coming up? I just uh, I just pushed the button right before I came on. And what's it about today? If you give, give us a little teaser, uh, it's it's about the, the why, what we've talked about, basically why the Bengals are scored thirty five the other day and could score thirty five every week, uh, and about my experience in New York where I, we shelled out a hundred bucks, including tip for for four croissants and four cups of coffee, uh, driving Johnny <laughs> Wallet absolutely up the wall. Uh, I needed to check into Cedar Sinai or whatever it is up there, Mount Sinai, for, for signs of a stroke. Um, and about Hopper. I don't know how many people have any interest in art at all, and I don't have much interest, but I love Edward Hopper because his paintings are not BS. You know, they're not Jackson Pollock. They're, there's, you could tell a story from every one of Edward Hopper's paintings. I had a blast walking around. I'm walking around looking at the phone, seeing Joe Burrow throwing for 200 yards in the first <laughs> quarter. While I'm I'm staring at Edward Hopper, Nighthawks at the diner painting, right? So, uh, fabulous weekend. Go to New York. Just don't hang out too long, because it'll get the best of you eventually. And I, I we we leave before that happens. But great yeah. to see my kid. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, Doc. Welcome back home, and we will uh, catch up uh, later in the week uh, about what else might be going on around in sports. I want to talk to you, and, and just to give you a little heads up. When we talk to you later this week, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about UC football and moving into the Big 12. Okay. Because I, yeah. I, 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 we talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday, but I'd like to get your thoughts. Thanks for the time today, yeah. my friend. Yeah. Have a good day. 
I want to see you get the TML t-shirts made and wear one on the air. You know what? I want to tell you right now, and I told you our guys from Headlines are right out the door. I can see all these guys hard at work right now. Uh, we have a couple of guys already who want to buy it. Um, really? Sir Boy Wonder 513 he goes by in our chat right now, and our numbers are literally climbing by the dozens, if not the hundreds every day, says he needs one of those TLM lids. So I'm thinking lids and hoodies. TML yeah. lids and hoodies. What do you think? I, I think that would be fabulous. Let's do okay. that. I'm going to get those guys on it. All right. Doc, have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Tom. You as well. All right. Thanks, buddy. Take care and thanks for your time as always. Um, yeah, I, I really want to pick Doc's brain about this uh, this Big 12 thing. Because I got to tell you, fellas, uh, I, 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 I don't know why I thought a lot about it last night. And I know Oklahoma and Texas are leaving um, to go to the Southeastern Conference. But I am really fascinated to see how UC is going to do in the Big 12. I'm a, Everybody's talking about basketball. I mean, everybody's talking about football. Basketball is going to be great. Well, that's exactly what I was just about to say. I'm a basketball guy. Uh, the Big 12 is the best basketball conference in the country. There's no doubt about that. And I am very excited, if, if absolutely nothing else, I'm excited to see Kansas and, and West Virginia. Bob Huggins come back to Cincinnati consistently. Kansas come to Cincinnati. So so many of these national brands, yep. these Big 12 brands that you're going to get in here into the city. I'm, I'm very excited about that. Well, when, you know, when you talk about Bob Huggins, I think they said that they set it up. Correct me if I'm wrong. They set it up where they're going to be playing them every single year. Right? You don't play all the teams. They're going to play them twice. There was some kind of rivalry thing they set up with Cincinnati and West Virginia as it pertains to basketball. Yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at how the schedule is going to set right? up. Is that, a, is that Brandon, what it is, Brandon? Is that Brandon? right? They're going to play each other twice? It's a double okay. round robin. We don't robin. play everybody twice in the league. Right. Too many teams. Right. But they're going to play a home, and everybody yeah. has a, a rival. Some of the teams that are joining the league along with Cincinnati, a rival uh, that will come with them. Uh, Houston's coming to that league, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you, you got some good matchups there in Texas uh, against whoever it is they decide to match up against. But Huggins is coming to Xavier this year. Isn't that right? Yes. Yes, they'll play at Xavier the day before the, the Chiefs game, first weekend in December. So Xavier's going to have Indiana's pick to win the Big Ten. They'll have Bob Huggins come back to the city. Those two and, teams are coming here? Yes. Indiana it, and? Indiana on the Friday before Thanksgiving, and then Bob Huggins on the Saturday before the Chiefs game. Wow. Yeah. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to First it. First time Xavier stepped up with that schedule in a while. Whoa, 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 whoa. They've played a good schedule. They haven't. They've played an okay schedule. Last year, Ohio State, okay, they got them at home, and they caught them at the right time because if they had played them a month yeah. later, it would have been a massacre. But I give yeah. it up to them. They won the game. Yeah. Who else did they play last year? I'm not talking about these preseason tournaments. Well, that's part of it. Well, I understand it's part of it. But I'm saying when you're scheduling home and home with other teams, you got to admit, now, West Virginia's been a little so-so lately. But, but Indiana and West Virginia coming in, those are legitimate teams. Yeah. But, but some of it, too, is outside of your control. Because some of it, like the Indiana game or the Ohio State game last year, those are conference matchups. So that's the Big East and the Big Ten. And Xavier doesn't schedule those games. Or the Big East and the Big 12, like last year. Two oh, years that's ago. that made-for-TV thing. Yeah, it, okay. it's, it's where the conferences decide who they play. And then, of course, you have your five or six bye games. And, you know, I mean, you look at – I mean, there have been a lot of Arkansas states and stuff like that. Well, well, look at UC this year. I I might. See, there you go. 
Typical response. No, no, I'm saying anybody. You look at Kentucky. You look at anybody. I mean, mean, it's like I got into this whole thing over the weekend with these Ohio State fans and and UC football fans. This stuff is out of control. Oh, I don't have anything. You look at anybody. You have five or six bye games. You play a preseason tournament, and you play two or three games against high major opponents. That's just how it works. Okay. All right. (laughs) But this whole UC Ohio State thing got me so worked up over the weekend. What about that? Because, look, both sides are in the wrong here. Okay, there's no right on this deal. Okay, because I do think that UC lives in constant envy of Ohio State. They do. They live in constant envy for multiple reasons, all of which are valid reasons. Okay? But look, they've never played in the same conference as Ohio State. They never will play in the same uh, – they never will play in the same conference. They rarely play them in anything. All right, and 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 they're never going to be Ohio State in football. They're not, but that that's okay because last year Cincinnati got to the college football playoff, and they're going to have a chance again. Now, on the flip side, the Ohio State fans look down their noses at Cincinnati. They do. It's a fact. And when some of these people talk down. And when anybody talks down to you in your life, you're going to react defensively. And so that's what's going on here <laughs> between UC football and Ohio State football. Yeah. And at the end of the day, both of them are doing great. Why not enjoy the ride? Yeah. Right? I mean, Casey, you're rooting for Penn State this weekend. But, I mean, you, you, know, you, you can get along with Ohio State and UC, right? Uh, Ohio State is something else. But now, you, what you does see, that mean? Uh, the, the, the fan base is something else. The it's, fan base? Yeah, fan base is something else. Meaning what? They're just always over the top. Over the top in what way? Confident, looking down their noses at people, that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chatter? Chatter, yeah. Okay. You know, uh, somebody brought up a good point. It's, we, we got a million comments there flurrying in about 10 seconds. Somebody made a comment about the Big 12 and the ACC. The Big 12 has the last two national champions, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Chris Beard, Scott Drew, Bill Self. There's no – I'm not saying – the Big 12, the Big East, the ACC, those are your three main big basketball conferences right now. But the ACC is going to have some work to do now with Mike Krzyzewski not being there. Right. Yep. And and Hubert Davis, the UNC picked as the number one team. Yep. Preseason nationally, so they have a lot of pressure out there. And then there's that whole Gonzaga out there and out west. Can they win the big one? They, they have. They have the talent. Well, they they, they, they they've proven it. They have it now. Now does that mean they won't? No, it doesn't mean that they won't. And and the Big Ten, they got to win a national championship at some point here. Well, we're going. What's the drought? The other day, 20, Jim Beheim. At some point, the Big Ten's got to have to win a national championship. I, you know, I agree with you 100%. Jim Beheim, in fact, called him out the other day in the ACC media day. I don't know if you saw it or not. I did not he see He said, that. I'm tired of hearing about the Big Ten. I mean, we can't keep having Illinois with Kofi Coburn, Iodesomo, all those guys. It, it, you lose your point guard, and tra- Illinois does, to St. John's and the Big East. It, you, you can't keep having these teams, Purdue, Zach Eady, all these guys that just flame out in March. And, yep. and you could make the same argument for the Big East. Outside of Villanova, 
Xavier's made a couple of runs since joining, rejoining the of Big course. East to the Sweet 16. They went to the Elite Eight. Butler has been to the Sweet 16. Creighton last year uh, had a nice run. They went to the Sweet 16 for the first time since the, confer- or since the tournament expanded to 68. Providence made it to the Sweet 16. But overall, the Big East has struggled in March outside yep. of Villanova. But, but the Big Ten... Big Ten's been the same way. Michigan State, for all the accolades that Tom Izzo has had, at some point, for a conference of that pedigree, they got to win the big one. They, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I, I think week in and week out, a couple of games a week, I still think the Big Ten is the best basketball conference during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. They, mean, the Big 12 has some good teams. TCU, another emerging team, got yes. to the Sweet 16, got job last year against uh, overtime against Arizona. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we got lots of basketball this season coming up to talk about. Tom, I'm very disappointed. We're an hour and a half into the show, and you, you still haven't noticed. You haven't looked over. You, you, you haven't noticed. Well, I can't see you. I'm, You're buried behind Penn this. Station bobbleheads and all this I've stuff. I've been wearing this just for you the whole show. Where did you get that? One of my good friends from Xavier worked uh, – down at TCU, so he sent me a free one. It's a big-time shirt. I was going to my closet today, and I said, you know what? Boss man might like this one. Dude, I'm not the boss man, but, I mean, you're, you're, you know, as we said, we were getting sponsors <laughs> up there in front of you guys, so from where you sit, I can't even see what either one of you uh, have on. I can barely see the tops of your head. <laughs> but I love it. TCU. <laughs> Horn Frogs. Go get them, Horn Frogs. They got West Virginia this week. All right. Well, you know them, you love them. Um, he is back in his, um, Trump tower like spread, uh, along the banks of the mighty Ohio over on the Commonwealth side, I might add, you know, Tracy, there's some in these parts that, and I'm not one of them, but there are some that, you know, they, 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 you know, on the Ohio side, they kind of look down their nose a little bit at the Kentucky side. What prompted you to be on the Kentucky side, if I may ask? You know what? I looked at my piece of property when it was being built, Tom, and I just felt my view is so much better from the side of Kentucky looking into downtown Cincinnati. And I really want to congratulate a lot of the city government people for improving my view and probably increasing the price going from 900,000. I think I'm at a million right now. So I appreciate you helping my view, uh, city council. And if you could paint that yellow ugly bridge, maybe a, a green or something that would help my view as well. What's wrong with the yellow? I think it looks great. You mean the big Mac bridge right there? Yeah, 471 the bridge. bridge. That's an ugly color. I mean, let's, let's move maybe a gray, uh, maybe a steel gray type. I, I don't know, but yellow's not cutting it for me because that's what I, I look out my window and I see traffic on the Big Mac bridge, like at seven o'clock when I'll wake up to get a glass of water. And I think, boy, you poor bastards going to work. And I just feel so bad. And Tom, something that I want to touch with you and the boys, and I can't stand it as well. I don't like it when people talk down to others yeah and that really is is a sticking point with me so i agree with with you guys that's that's totally wrong i hate that well now now hold on okay what i i mean you say that uh-huh. but are you familiar with the old adage practice what you preach have you heard that before well, well let me write that down i've never heard that okay. practice what you what you preach, preach. 
because oh, geez, when you good. came up with that um that uh what's the fan thing you were talking about that san diego did with the tickets and not selling oh, to yeah i forget that something where they keep track of yeah geofencing geofence okay you yeah. if i'm not mistaken were suggesting that the reds um should do some of that as it pertains to area code when it comes to playing a big game it might be on national tv if they got good again or something along those lines and allowing people from certain areas in uh mm -hmm. you know to be seen the beautiful people and others that you you know kind of keep out wasn't that you who said that i i think that i was just trying to help the reds out I, i'm not saying tom see you're kind of pushing a little bit i'm just saying on special game days national tv not every day, but I think you're looking for an FQI, and that's a fan quality index. It's not some. It's not how many people go and attend a game. It's the quality of fan. It, it's who's going to spend the most money. Do you think people are going to spend the same amount of money going to a Reds game? Let's say someone from Bellevue or Indian Hill compared to, and I've said this, East Price Hill uh, or a Norwood. It's not even close. We're going to spend probably five to ten uh, times what someone from Norwood or East Price Hill. I'm not taking them down because, you know, they've got their pluses, I guess. But it, it's it's just not going. We have more disposable income. Are you familiar with disposable income? Well, when you're working for Fox, you probably had. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I used to know a lot about it. Not so much anymore. But you know what, Tom? There's a lot of truth to that. I mean, you go and you man, you look at the highest FQI, and that's that is actually uh, sponsors keep track of that. San Francisco Giants have the highest FQI because when you go to a game in San Francisco, and you guys probably never been to it, sat in the stands, but they are serving up Dungeness crab, uh, maybe a silver oak as you're sitting and watching the game. They'll have sushi. It's it's kind of a different experience. It's more of a high end experience, and that's what the advertisers are looking for. Okay. All right. Well, we will continue to look into that, especially as baseball gets closer. The World Series is here, Tracer, and uh, look, the stuff that, that that dreams are made of, that legends are made of. I thought of you the second Bryce Harper hits that home run in the eighth inning. Game five, crowd going crazy, down a run, and pow. Harper goes the other way, two-run home run. Phillies march all over your San Diego Padres, I might add. But, I mean, through all of the ups and downs and a lot of downs baseball has had in recent years, there's something still very special about October baseball. And that was one of those moments you'll never forget. No, never forget. I've probably watched Bryce hit that ball up Otaki. Talk about squaring a ball up. Oh, my God. I've never hit a ball that far, that hard opposite field. I'm going to be honest. Forget the act. That ball was crushed. <laughs> you know, Tom, first of all, baseball is the best sport. I don't care. You know, you're sitting there. Let's put a guy on second base. Let's have a time clock. You're all about that. Oh, yeah. You just keep – you know, well, that's, you know <laughs> – Let's just keep the game pure. And when it's pure, it's a great, great game. And here's an example. I mean, the playoffs, there's nothing better than baseball playoff. And I have to root for Bryce Harper. 
Tom, and, and I'll tell you why. I saw Bryce Harper roll into a perfect game event in San Bernardino, California, when he was a sophomore. And for people that don't know what a perfect game event, they take the best prospects in the area or actually in the region, sometimes in the country, yep. and they put them on display for colleges, for professional scouts. And it was because I took Hunter there. Hunter was a, a pretty big uh, prospect at the time. And so they're playing. It's a two-day, Saturday and Sunday in San Bernardino. And what was really crazy is this kid rolls in. A little bit of an entourage, I got to tell you. You know, three or four people. And all of a sudden, they stop what they're doing, get out there. Bryce walked up to the plate, took about 13, 15 swings, hit about four balls out. He was a catcher at the time. So they had him throw down to second, and then they actually had him throw from center field. This was all doing Bryce Harper as a sophomore, Tom. Sophomore in and high school, was, to make sure people understand. You're talking about sophomore in high school, like 15, 16 years old. Sophomore in high school, and he actually got his GED early, so he'd go to a JC just in case he wasn't the first pick in the country, which he was. He was the best young player that I have ever seen play. Okay, I saw Manny Machado play down in Florida. I saw Francisco Lindor play down in Florida. I saw Lance McCullers Jr. play down in Florida. There is no competition when it comes to Bryce Harper at that age. And I just, just seeing him, and I remember coming back and telling your dad about a kid by the name of Bryce Harper that's going to be a Hall of Famer and a superstar. And, of course, your dad, being the negative Nelly that he is, he's like, slow it down, Trace. You know, he's got a long ways to go. And he has turned out to be a hell of a ball player, and he's really matured. So just seeing someone at an early age as a sophomore in high school do what he was doing in that camp uh, was very impressive. So very happy for him. I think he has the fifth highest OPS in the history of the playoffs. That's how good he is right now. And, of course, he, uh, he was not a part of, a lot of people forget, he was not a part of that Washington Nationals team that won the World Series uh, a couple of years ago after he signed that year as a free agent to leave Washington and go to Philadelphia. I'm kind of curious, Trace, uh, when, when, you know, let's take Harper out for a second because you say he's yeah. the best you've ever seen. Okay, I want to take right. him out. Right, at that age. But I, yeah, yeah, at that age. I, I'm, I'm curious when y you go to some of these things, and, and perfect game, you're right, it's a national deal, right? They have their yeah. regional setups, you know, in different areas where the guys come in. But then in the summer, they have these big national things. They have them around the holidays as well, uh, where they bring in the best players or the best players in the country can come in as a showcase event. It's called Perfect Game. Um, yeah. I'm curious, when you're there, do you see on average, and you said Florida, you saw Machado and you saw Lindor and McCullers and these guys. When yeah. you're there, are, are you able to say, and, I, and look, take away an injury, whatever it might be, are you able to say if there's 50 players there, are you able to say that there are five head and shoulders above everybody else, even though they're all yeah, great you, in their own right? Yeah. But they are at a different level, and you can see that. I saw that with Machado, and I'll tell you what was pretty crazy, because I knew about Lance McCullers Jr., right? Because I played with his dad, Lance Sr., who was a very good pitcher. And I remember sitting there and said, this Lance McCullough Jr. is so good. And all of a sudden, this guy walked up left-handed and hit one out. 
came up again and hit one out of Lance off Lance McCullers Jr. And that was Lindor. I mean, so you're sitting there watching a kid who's young at 16 throw a 95 and then this Lindor kid and you're going, who the hell is this? But your point is well taken. There are four or five players that really stand out. And I just mentioned, you know, three or four of them. I have to ask you before we get to some lighter topics here, though, because I've had multiple discussions with a lot of people about this topic. And I'll never forget, as long as I live, when I was doing the Arizona Diamondbacks games and one of the great players, one of the great third basemen in the history of baseball, Matt Williams, right? Gamer, yes, tough with guy, Matt. great player, MVP. Yeah, great. Yep. I mean, just great player. Um, yeah. and, and, and his son was a really good player in high school. And, and I asked him, I said, so, you know, what's your son looking at? Because I knew he had all kinds of college scholarship offers. Probably wasn't ready yet to be a first or second or third round pick. But, but that was going to be probably in the future, if not a year later, when he'd be eligible for the draft or three years later, depending on what kind of college he went to. He looked at me and he said, you know what? He said, um, he's never going to play baseball again. And I said, why oh. not? He said, because they have these kids playing too much baseball. They have them playing too much baseball. Too many games. Uh, too many kids are getting run in the ground. Too many pitchers are throwing too many pitchers. You talk to Tim Kremchuk here in town. Every other day he's doing Tommy John on 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids. Uh, yeah. Uh, are, are kids playing, is there such a thing as playing too much? Here's what's so funny. It's kind of timely because we've been talking about the kid. He's, I think he's going to make a couple starts in the World Series, Lance McCullers Jr. His dad, and you know the Redskins, the Midland Redskins, yep. right? The, Joe Hayden. The great and amateur. Yep. Yeah, great players. They, they bring in great teams. Lance McCullers said, Sr. says, you know what? You can have my kid, but here's the rule. He pitches one inning a week. That's it. So to your point, Lance McCullers saw that and says, listen, you're not going to pitch my kid every single day and burn him out. He says, you can, you can have him and you can pitch him one inning a week. And that's a true story. But do you think kids are playing too? Let's take the pitchers out of the mix. I shouldn't have brought them up. I'm saying, are we at a point now in baseball? And look, I'm sure basketball is no different. Football is very different because of just the way the game is played. But are our kids playing too much summer baseball, fall baseball, all this stuff year-round? Is it too much? Tom, but that's what they do. They do it in basketball, right, with their AAU teams, their select teams. They do it in baseball. You just – You've got to really watch this as a parent of burning your kid out. And some kids can handle it, Tom. Other kids can't. Do they play too much? Probably. Because when I grew up, not to bring it about me again, but I went from basketball, football to baseball and was all Southern California. Again, not to bring it up about me, but all Southern California in three sports. I changed sports. And I think that helped me as an athlete. But now if you really want to compete, I think you got to specialize. So I understand that. But it's up to the parents not to burn your kid out. Remember, your chances of making it to the big leagues, people, are very rare. A guy like me is very special. You probably have a better chance of hitting a lottery. 
If you're just looking for a sport, he's probably better off playing soccer. I mean, you get a trophy, all that kind of stuff. But to think your kid is actually going to play in the big leagues, you better shake yourself because it's tough. And it's tougher now than when I got to the big leagues. All right. I want to, uh, I want to shift gears for a Well, first of all, uh, because and, – and, and for Paul Fritschner, uh, who, who does a gambling show here a couple of times a week, He'll probably want to hear your prediction on who's going to win the World Series because he probably bets the other way since you went with San Diego so emphatically on beating the Phillies. I mean, they got killed in that series. Who do you like yeah. in the world? I know you're rooting for Dusty, but who do you I'm think for, uh, wins the World Series? Do you know that the Astros have gone to the World Series four in the last six years? Yes, I do. And they won <laughs> at one time, strong. and that was the year that they got caught cheating. Right. I, I got to go with the Astros. But you know what? The Phillies are, are hot. Their, yeah. their bats are hot. So I'm going to wait for the first couple games to be played, and then I'll tell you who I think is going to win <laughs> oh, the series. Come on. Come on. You it's going to be a good series, you have to admit. Uh, that's right? not telling me anything. I'm asking you who you think's going to win. You know, this is what your dad does when I do a show with him. He hedges. See, you're very opinionated, Tom. You're black and white type of guy, not to bring race into it. But, you know, you got to give an opinion. And I think this is up for grabs. I okay. I, I think okay. it's going to be a great World Series. And I think it's going to go, how about this? Since you, since you guys pay me so much to give my opinion, I think it'll go seven games. How about that? Okay, that's fair enough. That's, enough? that's fair enough. That's good enough. Okay. Um, listen, um, as we've talked about, whether it was his bachelor party, uh, whether it was <clears throat> you giving marital advice to Casey. Casey is getting keys to a brand new home that he and his fiance have purchased. They get those keys on Monday. Um, what are your hold thoughts? Hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. How does he afford that? Interest rates are at 7%. I mean, is he getting it from you? Casey, you want to get Casey? He asked you a question. So yeah. right before, get... right before interest rates rose the second time, I got a locked-in rate at five point seven five. Okay, uh, can I ask how much the home is is uh, valued at? Two hundred twenty-three thousand. That's way over your head, Casey. <laughs> you don't want to have money problems straight out of the box. Know your role. You're a ham and egger. Start off living in an apartment, right? Live in an apartment, drive a Hyundai. Let's get things started, but you're already jumping into a quarter million dollar home. You're going to have financial issues. You're going to end up in a divorce. And then you have to restart. Oh the guy hasn't even gotten married yet. And you're talking about the big D. Listen, the I biggest mean, decision... On. No, you come on. The biggest decision you make in your life is who you marry. Do you not agree with that? I agree a thousand percent on that one, big boy. Tracy, you're forgetting yeah. you're forgetting the one key cog in this whole equation that I don't think you've taken into account. Go ahead. My, my fiance is the breadwinner. Casey, you you do look smart. I got to admit that is a great cuz my wife has a lot of money. She comes from a lot of money and will inherit a lot of money. And every time I think about that, she becomes more and more attractive. 
You know, she's she is a very attractive wo a woman, and when she inherits about twenty million dollars, she's going to be the one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. Casey, I'm glad. Thoughts? I'm glad we think the same way. Tracy, Casey, you, can you know, I my, tell my you grandfather used to say to me all the time, my dad's dad, uh, Franchester Martin Brenneman as well, yeah. used to say to me all the time, he was a very wise man. He said, Tom, it's just as easy to marry a rich one as it is a poor one. Yeah. So you've clearly married a rich one. Casey, are you marrying into money? Uh, no, but she makes a lot of money, more than I do. Yeah, okay. well, that's not saying much. Um, you know, Casey, let me tell you something, too. If I were you, and I don't know what your wife looks what looks like, but you want to oh, uh, marry a dead, dead average woman. You don't want a high-maintenance woman. Look at, look at Tom Brady, right, having to deal with that crap. You just want low-maintenance. Well, wait That's a minute. Do you important. think that Giselle has had to deal with some high-maintenance stuff, too? I mean, in fairness, this, you know, this goes both ways, this deal. I mean, is Come Tom on. Brady high maintenance? Is Tracy Jones high maintenance? Yes, I am. I think if you take a look at my body of work, I think I deserve to be a little high maintenance. Don't you think, Tom? Don't you think? Let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. One of the things that I did that really got my career going was my girlfriend in Eugene, Oregon. She was, she put me right on the right track. Now, she was a big girl. She was rather sloppy, if you know what I'm talking about. But as far as personality and as far as low maintenance, she was the best. So take, take from that what you want. Low maintenance, that what, that's what you want. Yeah, but clearly you didn't, you didn't continue to uh, prescribe to that theory because, I mean, Danae is certainly not some quote. How did you describe the girl in, in Eugene? Uh, a little sloppy. She was a big girl, you know, farm girl. Okay. And, and I think at the time, I think Tom, at the time I needed a girl to sit on me a little bit, you know what I mean? Keep me down, not have me go out all the time and run the streets. And I think this girl was perfect for me. Now the bad side, she very helpful in my career. But once I moved to Burlington, Vermont, of course you upgrade. Right. Every time that you move up a step, you upgrade. So double A to triple A, triple A, the big leagues, you get yourself a, a better girl. It's just one of those things. Well, then, where, then, then, then how and where did Danae come along? Because she's a California well, Dan girl, right? Right. Danae came along. Here, let me pull back the screen a little bit, the curtain. Because you just Danae. said you went from, okay, you just said you went from Eugene to Vermont, yeah. I don't know how much of a step up that is. It might be in, 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 in baseball, I don't know. But then you go where? Then I went to Denver, and of course that girl was yeah, that's moving always up. eating. That's yeah, moving up. You know, always going on hikes, had yep. the backpack with the yep. granola in the backpack, yep. with all the inspiration yep. some granola, would keep me healthy. But right. then you just kind of progress. Now I met Danae, when I was at the bottom of my life, just went through a divorce in case you'll experience this, hopefully not for a while, but you'll, you'll get it. I was living in an apartment and driving a Hyundai. And Danae- Where, in California? I, no, here in Mason. You were living in Mason? 
Yes. After my divorce, Tom, I'm paying child support, spousal support, two homes. I lived in an apartment and drove a Hyundai. That's where I'm living. Now I live in a million dollar condo and drive a Range Rover. I've progressed. So is it a natural progression to go from Mason to a palatial estate like yours? Because his place is in Mason. I I mean, how ironic is that? Yeah. Talking about boring. That is a boring place. (laughs) God, they got any more Starbucks places there? There's nothing going on in Mason. Nothing what going the on. hell is going on in Bellevue? Have you I don't, I don't say that in a negative way. I don't know. I, you I mean, just I, did. No, I, I did not. Need, yeah, I don't think. See, and here's how we started the show. Talking down to people. And what you did right there, Tom, shame on you. And the people of Bellevue are going to remember this. See, you can't even say you that with a straight nice. face. You know, you know if there's I, anybody that never talks down to anybody, that would be me. I love You know what? And I'm going to say something. You are a nice, nice guy. I have never heard you badmouth a single person. Well, Not a single I person. Go that far. I wouldn't go that On, far. No, you haven't. On or off the air, you've never badmouthed another person. Someone you work with, someone you know, a baseball player, a football player. You've never done that. To uh, that's why that, you're that, one of the best in the business. That's that's, that's not accurate true. in any form. Don't or fashion. take yourself down now, buddy. Not at all. Don't take I, yourself I, down. All right, I want to ask you um, <clears throat> one last thing, and that has to do with: um, Are you a big social media guy? Well, I I am, I am. I like to troll liberals. That's what I do. I get up late at night after a couple of cocktails and I see these idiot liberals on Twitter and I just have to follow them and then I just dump all over them. It is so, I cannot wait for Elon Musk to take over Twitter because we'll be back to freedom, free speech, right? But you get on Twitter, I have never seen so many liberal woke people in my life. It's just extremely frustrating that there are that many dumb people out there. I know you're not going to address this, but have you been on Twitter and, and taken a look at what's going on there? No I got to tell you, you know, I never got on it all the years uh, that I was broadcasting uh, because, and, and, and I'm not name dropping here. I've told this story on the show before when Joe Buck um, was never on Twitter. He decides right. to get on Twitter and he decides to start engaging with fans, right? You know, who, who are ripping his tail or whatever it might be. Right. And, and I he's very him, good. And I say, he's great. And I said to him, I said, you know, why would you subject yourself to what I call a world of hate? Okay. Um, and now because of this show, I've been forced to kind of jump on there from time to time. And I'll chime in yep. on this. Or ch- and we have our clips of the show. We have clips of you on the show. Right. Uh, all these kinds of things, which the guys around here handle all that. I don't do it. I don't know how to do it. Um, but, you know, uh, I am amazed how much just nastiness and bitterness there is in this world. Hatred. And, and, you, and you really see that. Uh, all, I, there are a lot of good things that come about from it. I'm a big animal guy. We met your dog the other day. Right. There's some beautiful right. stories on you how you can help some animals in need, whether it's here or whether it's you know overseas, whatever. And I like that kind of stuff. But but I'm just amazed at how many people are just looking to jump on the bandwagon and and just dump all over people. I don't get it. 
because it's real easy. You know, you sit here, these geeks and nerds sit behind the this, this screen of their computer, tapping out with their pants down, you know, sending out nasty stuff and very hurtful things to people. Yeah. And yeah. I, I kid around and say that I'm on Twitter and so on and so forth. First of all, I don't use my real name, <laughs> kind of just slip in and slip out. But a lot of times I'll text something and I'll go, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to take that back. But I write it out, but I don't send it. And it makes me feel a lot better. It feels like I got one up on them. I mean, I really do that. And maybe that's what you should you should try, Tom, because I know people like to take shots at you, right? But it is frustrating. It really, really is. Well, I mean, somebody took the time, and Casey, and I know we're getting short on time, but Casey pointed out to me, and this is what I don't understand. Yeah. This is what I really don't understand. Every clip that we sent out from our show yesterday, okay, uh, clips of, of whoever or us talking about the NFL, talking about the Bengals and having this guy on and that guy on. Some guy took the time to go to every single one of those clips individually. He can't do them all at one time. And he starts writing about me apologizing and the Castellanos home run. Now, look, I understand what that thing has become. It's become this huge meme, and, and it's what people are going to talk about, and, and, and it'll be on there after I'm dead and gone for a long, long time, and it bums me out. The only part of it that bums me out is that my kids have to live with it. That's it. But who takes the time to do that? Someone with no life. Let me ask you with the Cassianos thing, since we're getting serious on this show, what the hell were you supposed to do when they hit the home run? Were you supposed to just let it go? Well, I, I don't know, you know, and, 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 and we'll save that. You and I will save that for uh, Thursday. We'll get into that. We have a little bit more time because we're at the end of our uh, yeah. segment here. Tracer, very, very serious show today. Uh, Casey, you had one more thing yeah, for Tracy. I, I just have a question. Uh, so you said you're on, on Twitter. Do you happen to have other burner accounts like on YouTube or like on Facebook or any Instagram, anything like that? <laughs> Don't I? <laughs> so you're you you're better all believe over. it. <laughs> so, I'm gonna start so, slamming you, Casey. Why? And Paul too. The Ham oh. and Egger boys. <laughs> well, I remember I honestly, Casey. No, go ahead. I honestly just asked because I want to tag you on some of our stuff on Twitter. <laughs> I want to just make sure that you you see our stuff and that you're liking it and retweeting it. But if you don't have a a following with your real name. I don't know how much it's going to do, but no, I don't have the guts. Let, let me tell you something. I'm very thick skin. <laughs> You're not going to hurt my feelings. <laughs> right, Todd? No, no, no You're barking no up doubt. the wrong tree. That's boy. exactly right. You're barking up the wrong tree. I don't tree. give a rat's ass. I don't. You're not going <laughs> to cancel me. You know, I'll move on to something else. Well, we're glad you're here twice a week, and we hope it's more in the coming weeks. So you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the sunshine. It's beautiful Southern California-like weather we're having here in Cincinnati. And uh, enjoy your day. Get outside and do something today. All right. Stay frosty, boys. Stay frosty. There you go, fellas. How about that? From the Tracer, Tracy Jones. Uh, all right. Do we have a uh, cherry on top today or, or no? We do. And... Uh... In the, in the theme of kind of some of the things that we've been talking about, uh, this is something that we brought up last week uh, and we're going to talk about today. Casey, do you have this to put up? Or do, I can just read it. Yeah, just go okay. ahead and read it. Um, there was a, a comment last week on one of our YouTube videos, um, and it's from Kim Nuxall, 
uh, Joe Nuxall's son. Beautiful man. And, and I will read you the comment. Appreciate the number 43 bobblehead as part of the set. Oh, how dad would have loved being on your show in the heart of his hometown of Hamilton. Here's to nothing but big success, my friend. Signed, Kim Nuxall. He's the best. Kim uh, took over. Uh, Kim and his wife, Bonnie. Uh, and Ty Bradshaw from right here at Chatterbox yes. Sports. I yes. think he runs that, that yes. sort of whole thing the miracle uh, now. Yeah, the Miracle League. Uh, well, well, what they've done, um, it's indescribable. And, and there's no, there, there, no two more beautiful people in this world. And I mean that with every fiber of my body. There are not two more beautiful people in this world than Kim Nuxall and Bonnie Nuxall. They, they're the best. They are beautiful human beings and a lesson every time you're around them for every single one of us. So for all of us here at Chatterbox Sports, for Casey, Paul, Brandon, me, Trace, Sean, Reed, Sean, everybody, we can't thank you enough. Kim Nuxall and Bonnie, God bless you. You make this world a better place. We'll see you tomorrow.